0: Welcome to the 0 to $5 million podcast. I'm Sean Finder, and I'm with my co-host, Ollie Whitfield. This show is brought to you by Autoclose, a vanilla soft company. Ollie, why don't you introduce today's guests and uh, what we're going to be talking about today.
1: All right, everybody, what's up? Um, This one's a little bit different. Sometimes uh, we meet a guest for the first time, and we know all about their background. Sometimes we have known each other for a while, and then sometimes, like today, um, our guests both Sean and I have been on his podcast, which is quite rare. Not many people have uh, have Sean and I on both their podcasts. So I'm um, introducing Sam Dunning. He is the co-founder and the sales director of Web Choice, which is a web, develop- uh, web development agency. But um, Sam, my introduction wasn't awesome there. So you didn't start, but you definitely joined and then took co-foundership of the company. So uh, can you tell us the story about that? Yeah. Hey,
2: guys. Hey, Ollie. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. So... Funny story about web choice. So I've um I've actually come and left this company about five times over the <laughs> somehow they took me back each and every time over the space of probably about 10 years. So I used to I used to not work in digital marketing, completely different space. So I basically used to sell cameras at a shop called Jessups. If you're in the UK, you've probably seen on the high street. I don't know if they still still are there. Um and my cousin at the time. Was chatting to me and i basically i was doing this job when i was about 18 19 and i'm 30 years old now and it was my first job and i didn't really enjoy it because it was the classic case of kind of working in a retail store on minimum wage going around to customers asking how are you doing sir how are you doing ma'am how can i help you today when they're looking at the the window the glass cabinet of the, the cameras and they, they basically just say look piss off sam I'm, I'm doing my own thing i don't want to talk to you um and I, I worked out retail really wasn't for me, especially due to the fact there was no comp scheme, there was no bonus plan, terrible management and all this and that. And my cousin said, look, Sam, there's a, there's a role going at a company called Webchoice. And I was like, well, what's that? He said, well, we, we're going to do websites and digital marketing. So I had an interview with the chap, the owner at the time called Felix and liked what he had to say. The next day, quit my job at Jessup's, walked out and, and started this company, started a, a, as a project manager and sales guy. And um, kind of slowly worked my way up really to becoming a sales manager in between those times, as I alluded to, I've, I've come and left um, kind of worked at a couple marketing companies in between and then eventually um, came back and eventually came on, came on board as a, a co-owner of the company and have kind of ramped up things, ramped up growth, rank, ramped up sales, ramped up clients steadily over the last few years.
0: Sounds great, Sam. So, so where are you guys at now as a company? How many people are at the company? How is the organization structure? Is it, you know, more sales, um, marketing, etc.? Let them maybe let the audience know.
2: Yeah, to give give you a basic idea, we've we've got two two offices. So we've got an office here in the southwest of UK in Somerset, and we've also got an offshore office. So um, a lot of our development. Goes on over in our offshore team, over in southern India and Kerala, as one of our directors, called Felix, is is from that region. So it kind of made sense to set that operation yeah. up, um, as we've got that experience. Then we've got the other office here in the UK, where a lot of our kind of client account management, some of the front end design and visuals, and communication, account management kind of stuff all all goes on really. Um, and right now we've got a team of around 20, in in terms of kind of designers, developers, um, testers, SEO guys, digital marketers. And uh, that good stuff.
1: So um, in what, well, you know, I've worked in a few agencies, Sam, but my experience, the sales part of it was totally different to like any other company. So, so currently we at all the of vanilla We have dedicated sales reps in agencies. I have never had someone who had that job ever. It does not exist as far as I've experienced. Completely agree. It was only the CEO or the co-founder or, or whatever the title of that person would be possibly another one or two and i gave it a go but i was a project manager like you said i did delivery so how comes you have of your titles for your job history basically look towards that side of it how comes you have been able to do that And, and why do you think others don't
2: because i hate managing projects no joke jokes aside um you kind of have to you're exactly right so a lot of whether they're web agencies creative agencies agencies in general you're exactly right. That it's rare that they have a salesperson, or sometimes they'll have a like a business development manager, um, but typically they'll get involved in projects as well. And and like I mentioned earlier, I basically started off managing projects, but that was a small piece of it. So I'd go on the sales calls if we had leads, whether that came inbound or whether I was doing outbound prospect prospecting. Once I'd landed a client, I wouldn't just hand it over to the team to manage. I'd then manage them which I still tend to get involved in a lot now. So it was very much full cycle selling really, which which I really enjoy. So finding the business or converting inbound opportunities into through the, through the sales funnel into deals closed, then managing the project, whether that's a website, designing it, developing it with our team, or whether that's an SEO strategy, getting into the nuts and bolts of what the client wants to achieve, where they want to get to their desired outcomes, and then helping them working with them each month with the team to deliver those results, do the reporting. So very much uh, hands-on. Whilst I'm very much involved in the sales, I'm very much involved in delivery as well, which I kind of like. Um, I guess it's because I don't really like handing stuff over too much, which is probably says more about me than my team because um, they're great guys. But, yeah, it's um, to your point, I think it's pretty rare that agencies generally just have dedicated salespeople. Um, why that is exactly, not sure. <laughs>
0: So one thing I want to ask them, and you know, we've 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 had many people that you know don't run agencies on the podcast. And how did the whole you know 2020 obviously was a rough year for some people, a great year for others. How did it affect you guys? Um, did you guys end up seeing growth? Did you guys see clients leaving? Um, how did you guys see um, that year? And then how are things progressing now into you know the latter half of 2021 for you guys?
2: Yeah, sure. So, well, when when COVID first hit, it was. Kind of rough for us because a lot of, a lot of our customers are on um, monthly marketing plans. Yeah. So we'll we'll be managing various bits and pieces, whether that's Google rankings, paid paid spend, website support, whatever it is. So as soon as it hit, a lot of them email me straight away. Sam, we need to lower our marketing spend. Sam, we need to lower our ad spend. Just had an influx of emails, and a lot of them I just needed to have a conversation with really, um, yeah. and just say, look, we we can do that, but are you prepared to? have less inbound leads coming in are you prepared to have less customers because if we stop all marketing or if we lower ad spend that's what's going to happen yeah. um so a lot of them after a conversation they they understood it and thankfully a lot of them carried on but some did stop so we, we still had a lot of clients pull out we had some clients that wanted to lower their spend um so it was, it was about speaking to clients properly understanding where they're at now not just trying to shove products and services down their neck but kind of taking the time to speak to them, understand what's going on. And then if, if possible, lower their service for a while. Um, or if, if it didn't make sense to do that, keep them on what they're on. But we're, we're, we're very fortunate that we're like, you guys we're a digital company, so we can work fully remotely. We didn't have to rely on an office. Um, yeah. and things have steadily ticked up to be fair. We got more inquiries over the last year because people wanted to move their business online. So
1: we're, we're in a fortunate space. You uh you mentioned I think around 20 people on the team across every single capacity. Um, I got my start in agencies. I was an apprentice for a year and then I went full time. And that that from my experience seems to be like the most popular way to get people in, or, or at least I think that's probably because you're younger and therefore you're cheaper. And then you get coached, you get um, you know, taught as you go along, and then you're worth more and then you can do more and so on rather than going to, like, a big company, hey, can you come in, person A? Because they're already on quite a fair salary. And I think with that as well, agencies are sort of cheaper, in a sense, than hiring somebody in-house, and they do more. The point is you have to pay people more, which makes hiring harder, I think. So what's your approach to hiring? How do you get Are we, are we talking are about hiring
2: big? sales staff? Because if we are, my blood pressure is going to go right up. Um... Yeah, we are, then. <laughs> <laughs> whereas developers and seo still still very hard to hire both both unique things to look for i mean when it comes to sales stuff it's it's always a tough one um because like you say first of all when agencies like ours especially kind of s- small to medium-sized companies don't tend to need that many sales reps um so it's it's always a game and i've always found during my experience anyway sales reps tend to when you get them in for their first interview they sound amazing like they sound amazing on paper they're like yeah I've, I've won all this business over my over the years um won all these these great deals got no problem kind of doing outbound prospecting picking up the phones cold calling cold email linkedin no problem generating my own p- pipeline because a lot of the sales reps we bring in we explain look we're not going to hand you inbound leads straight away because we need to trust that you can work those leads well um before we're gonna say look now now you can have fresh inbound opportunities we want to see that you can effectively generate your own pipeline before we trust you with those um and then when it kind of cuts comes to comes to kind of hiring them we find that like they're not they're they're afraid to pick up the phone they're afraid to reach out to our contacts they're not kind of emailing so they're just kind of waiting for leads to come in and it's it's always a game really to to kind of judge how how experienced some is um so i guess a few few tips on that side of things is if they give references to either deals they've won or past businesses that they've been at where they've hit certain targets or exceeded expectations making sure you can actually speak to those references um asking them to perhaps give examples of not just business they've won but talk you through the a to z of how they won that business so if they said they it was on a cold call say look will how did you, what was the very first cold call you did? How did you nurture them from that cold call to the appointment? How did you nurture them for the appointment? to whether it was demo or presentation, talk me through the demo and presentation, talk me through after that, talk me through bringing on board other members of the team to get them brought in. And I guess getting into the nuts and bolts of it is one of the, I guess, trade secrets to kind of cutting the wheat from the chaff on that, that side of things.
0: Yeah. So one thing I want to touch upon, and um, I, I know you're, you know, your podcast is very successful. You're very active on LinkedIn. You know, what marketing tactics do you think really helped you guys get to the next level? Is it, um, is it a combination of, you know, content marketing? Is there SEO? Is there the podcast, LinkedIn, social selling? What do you recommend to the audience that, you know, in the latter half of 2021, that they should double down on?
2: Sure. So, I mean... In terms, of, in terms of our business, so we're, we're B2B, of course, there's three main channels that we tend to get our customers from. Number one is SEO. Yeah. Um, number two is paid ads. Um, and number three is LinkedIn. So SEO, we, we practice what we preach. We're very much, we, we like to sell SEO to clients. So we need to be ranked for kind of terms around web design, web development, and SEO ourselves. Otherwise, we're not drinking our own champagne. We're not eating our own dog food. So how can clients expect us to do that? Secondly, paid ads, kind of mixture of Google ads, um, sponsored listings and such relevant to what prospects are searching for, products we want to shift. And then thirdly, LinkedIn, which is a big chunk of the, the content marketing side of things. So actually making sure we're connecting with people that we want to be doing business with, whether that's kind of CEOs of smaller companies or marketing directors yeah. or CMOs of kind of medium to larger size companies. And then creating content on LinkedIn. I tend to do it daily, not that you necessarily have to do it seven days a week, but not just creating content for anything. But when I started doing well on LinkedIn, it was when I really honed in on creating content that was either helpful, educational or entertaining, not to anyone, but to my ideal client. So, providing useful tips around how to build a website um providing stories about how we'd help people with s e o um talking about what I'm doing quite a lot at the moment is picking holes in the industry, so things that I really hate um when people are trying to sell s e o and just picking those floors and yeah, just being focused really rather than just posting about anything and everything at the end yeah. of the day, most people on LinkedIn wanna generate revenue from it, yeah so just constantly posting pictures of kind of work meals or awards you've won or expanding offices no one really cares about if you really want to generate business from it start niching down and um,
1: providing helpful content is my piece of advice i want to ask um, one slightly painful and difficult question but before that um you said linkedin i see you all the time you post pretty much every day at least once um I try and drop a like and a comment where I can. Uh, you're way, way above me on SEO. So I, I don't really have too much to add all the time. But I um, I, I see people who have got like 50,000 followers and they get 500 likes every time they post on LinkedIn. I'm like, how the hell does that happen? But you're actually running business from LinkedIn and you're not getting anywhere near that engagement. But although you do get a good level and you're consistent and people know you for that. Have you ever just like, gotten sidetracked by that and you know like tunnel visioned the people that are wildly exactly. viral and sort of lost you way with that
2: very much so probably about it wasn't until maybe a year or so ago where i really tuned in because when i well when i first went on linkedin as probably many people i don't know five or so years ago i thought it was just an online cv then i realized that you could generate sales from it so i just started cold messaging everyone this copy and paste script like please buy my stuff I yeah, um, then realized I was just burning a trail of fire behind me, pissing off everyone and just getting blocked left, right, and center. Maybe I got one lead out of a hundred spam messages, which is really not worth the time. Um, then I thought, oh, I'll create content because I see all these great salespeople on LinkedIn. I'm just going to talk about sales um, all the time. And I was like, well, why am I doing this? I'm not a sales trainer. Um, this is perhaps giving people the occasional good tip, but it's what revenues are going to generate for me. Um, and then I thought, look, Ultimately, I'm on LinkedIn because I want to generate revenue. I want to generate inbound leads. So I might as well talk about websites and SEO. That's what we sell. That's what I know about. It makes sense. So I run run the podcast, Business Growth Show, that kind of provides tips around marketing, and we use that. Otherwise, I just try and put kind of a useful tip or a half-interesting story or an entertaining post that's geared specifically to my sector. So I don't really care if I get kind of 100 likes, 500 likes, 500 comments, because that doesn't matter. I'd rather have less but be really focused in on what I want to generate business for. Um, Because I see some people kind of, they might offer one service, but then they'll spend a few days talking about LinkedIn tips, which is completely unrelated to what they do. And I'm thinking, well, what's the point? I just want to stay, it sounds selfish, but ultimately I'm on LinkedIn to generate business. So I'd rather just fine tune, be really, really niche into what I do. That way I know I'm much more likely for someone to then head to my profile, learn a bit more about what we do, how we can help, and then ultimately give me a message or give me a
1: call.
0: Got it. Well, one last question, Sam, before we uh, wrap things up. Um, and I love asking this question along the way. Is there any real mistakes that you could say, you know, I shouldn't have done that or I should have done this um, in the last few years or something, you know, you know, within the, within the business.
2: How much time have you got? <laughs>
0: uh, that's what everyone uh, Exactly.
2: There's a lot i've uh, i wouldn't say this is a mistake but when i was early in web choice many probably five six years ago maybe more i once lost a deal because i was chewing gum so we lost this massive web deal and they their feedback was i didn't give it to you because i was chewing gum so then i stopped chewing gum for meetings but i, <laughs> I think the client was just hard work so looking back we probably saved ourselves a lot of stress um apart from that mistakes well i've um made some of quite a few blunders. Like I, I've told us on a few podcasts, one of the first sales I ever made at web choice, I sold link the equivalent of LinkedIn for 500 pounds. So this is 10 years ago. I first got on the phone to my first ever lead. And he basically said, I need a website like LinkedIn. And I was just saying yes to every request he had. He was like, can you build a site like this? Yes. Can you have all these features? Yes. Can you build it in my timeframe? Yes. So ended up selling it. Thank God he, a month or so in he wanted to change the project and we just managed to kind of ship him off to some smaller sites that's another one i've also registered uh, the wrong domain for a website for 10 years before so that there's so there's so many mistakes that i've made <laughs> man i mean it's just part of business isn't it you, you do it and then you learn from it yeah. um, and you move on and we've we've made mistakes in our kind of management process in our design and development process but the main thing is to understand where you went wrong Um learn from it and likewise with with customers the some of the most powerful things you can get is your customer feedback. And I I ramble on about this a lot on LinkedIn. Once you on, on board a customer and once you've perhaps delighted them, you've delivered a great project, getting their feedback, taking the time to have a zoom interview with them and understanding kind of what they looked for when they were searching for a vendor like yours, the problem they initially came to you with, why they decided to select you up amongst their competitors, how you've helped them overcome their issue or their problem or how you've made their life better. If you do those, if you do five or seven of those interviews over the next couple of weeks with your best customers, you'll learn so much about kind of the actual problems you solve because I used to think that we solve completely different problems to what we actually do.
0: Yeah. Well, let's wrap things up but before we do, one last question. Um, how do you currently self-educate yourself, Sam, and, and, and also let people know where they
2: can listen to your podcast and where they can find you. Appreciate it. So I, one of my favorite podcasts ever is, I know Ollie likes this one, the salesman podcast. So Will Barron, legend. If you, you don't have to be in sales. If you're in business of any capacity, you need to listen to the salesman podcast. It's giving you action. There's hundreds of episodes, actionable tips on um, learning to sell better from, from those that have done it. Uh, apart from that, I, listen to a lot of audio books so i'm really slow at reading so i tend to listen to to books but yeah typically really like the salesman podcast used to listen to brandon bonanza and sales tips i've got sales secrets from the top one percent i think it's called um but mainly will barron's and then i i tend to read marketing books one of my favorite marketing books recently is donald miller um i'm trying to I'm building a story brand awesome book really really good book for anyone in business very very good but apart from that My podcast, Business Growth Show, we interview business leaders each and every week, um, and we basically provide actionable marketing marketing tips to grow your business and your revenue. Um, Otherwise, our company, WebChoice, so if you're perhaps frustrated that you're constantly losing business on Google because your competitors are higher ranked than you, um, or you're frustrated that your website isn't converting regular inbound leads or sales, we'd love to chat to you. It's webchoiceuk.com.
0: Perfect. We, you didn't mention where people can find you, but I guarantee that's on LinkedIn. That, Sam so, Dunning on
2: LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. Sam Dunning on LinkedIn. If you, if you want to get kind of daily digital marketing tips.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sam, uh, for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. It was a pleasure being on your show and even, even happier that you now finally came on our show. And also thank you for everybody listening today. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to give us a five star review wherever in the world you're listening from and subscribe. So you don't miss the next episode. See you soon. And once again, Sam and Ali, thanks again.